Happy Friday, everybody, and welcome back to the Get Your Goat podcast. Wrapping up a week with me, what do I have in store? Well, this is the last weekend of preseason NFL, and it is also the first weekend of college football. Even though there aren't major games, there are at least one or two that could prove viable, at least for their respective conferences down the road. And then if you are interested in fantasy football, I am going to give you my top 10 picks uh, that I would do if you were slotted all the way at 1 or at 10, if they're available, who you should pick and why in a PPR league, which is points per reception. Then the major trade happened today between the Bulls, Cavs, and Blazers. I will grade that. And then I'm going to give you my top five teams right now in Major League Baseball. So let's get started with the last week of the preseason. Starting tonight, we've got the Colts and the Lions. Colts so far 2-0. Lions are 0-2. Of course, preseason doesn't mean much, but at least for me, it does mean that the Lions are going to suck. If they're this bad in the preseason, their starters look bad, the depth looks bad on this team, this team is going to be bad. I think this is a surefire thing of of things to come this season for the Lions. So if you had to buy the Lions being bad like this 0-2 start, uh, buy that all in. That's not something I would sell. However, I would sell the Colts being 2-0. I do think you know, when they're facing real teams at their highest, competing offensively, it will be tough. So, I see the Colts winning this game tonight, but in going undefeated in the preseason, but I wouldn't buy that record uh, matching in the regular season. Then the NFL Network, you've got the Vikings and the Chiefs tonight. Uh, Vikings have been very underwhelming in preseason, which to me is cause for concern that their depth, their defense as well. Their defense wasn't good last year. And I don't know if they'll be able to do that or be good again this season. A couple of seasons removed from being, you know, a top 10, top 15 defense, where now they are really struggling there. Mike Zimmer, supposed to be this defensive specialist, doesn't look like that guy anymore. He has to get things in order. Well, the Chiefs will most likely not start Anybody I like they did last weekend. Uh, who knows who wins this game? Chiefs so far are 2-0, and I buy them being really good in this upcoming season. Eagles and Jets, who knows if the Jets start Zach Wilson or not. He's already the starter. I wouldn't. Why risk him getting injured in the final preseason game, even though Zach Wilson has looked really good so far. Then the Eagles, they still have quarterback issues. Not a fan of Jalen Hurts. So far in the NFL, very underwhelming, hasn't been good, hasn't been spot on, hasn't been able to make plays. Yes, it's a small sample size, but I'm not sold on anything. I'm not sold on this Eagles team. I think there was much more to the issue, you know, than their general manager and their head coach, a team that is four years removed from winning the Super Bowl. So again, a lot of just foundational issues there with the Eagles. Steelers-Panthers. Steelers are so far 3-0. Dwayne Haskins is getting the start tonight. Great for him. I think the Steelers are going to have success. Maybe not this undefeated success, but they were a 12-14 last year. 
started off 11 and 0 and then of course dipped and finished 1 and 5 and they got ousted in the first round of the wild card. So, I think the Steelers will be a very good team sporting a great defense uh, with TJ Watt, a top 10 player in the NFL. Uh, you know, Najee Harris I think can do damage even though I'm not sold on that offensive line yet. But I think Ben Roethlisberger has enough fire under him to perform for one more year, and I think that can be something that the team rallies on. Do I think they'll win it for Big Ben in their final year? No, not at all. But I do think uh, they'll be a really good and uh, competitive football team. Whereas the Panthers are still figuring things out. Sam Darnold's their quarterback, has offensive weapons like he's never had in uh, New York, even though Robbie Anderson, he had him. He's reunited with him. A DJ Moore, Christian McCaffrey. Uh, Panthers made a, you know, not a huge deal because they didn't give up a ton for Sam Darnold, but it's up to Sam Darnold now to prove himself uh, with the Panthers, even though they have no defense. Uh, he's going to have to prove that he can at least lead a team with competent weapons, you know, better situated than he was with the New York Jets. Again, to me, that's a tall ask uh, for Sam Darnold because he hasn't inspired any sort of confidence in me than what he has shown so far in his three years in his NFL career. Then other notable preseason games, uh, the Bears and Titans uh, tomorrow, seeing Justin Fields, Andy Dalton is officially named the starter, which I'm fine with. Matt Nagy kept his word saying he'd be the starter to start off with. That doesn't mean he's going to start every game, uh, but he is opening up against the Titans, or my bad, he'll be opening up against the Rams Sunday night. And to me, to throw Justin Fields into the fire, Sunday night game, and SoFi, Aaron Donald, Jalen Ramsey after him, uh, that's no fair. I think for Justin Fields, throw an experienced quarterback out there who wants to start, and I know Justin Fields wants to start, but throw Andy Dalton in there where Aaron Donald will, you know, make him wish that Justin Fields got that first start because that is going to be a long game for the Bears. But Justin Fields tomorrow against the Titans can show more of what he's done and why he should be of a starter this season. Packers and Bills saying more Mitch Trubisky and actually looking like a pretty good backup. It just seems like his role to me shouldn't be a starter in the NFL right now. I think it's going to be good for him, sort of like how Jameis Winston uh, last year uh, was the backup to Drew Brees, didn't get a ton of playing time, uh, and who knows what he'll turn into this year. Time still remains to be seen, but I think that same effect could have on Mitch Trubisky this year. And speaking of Jameis Winston, Jameis Winston is officially going to start. Who was it going to be? Taysom Hill, Jameis Winston. They went with Jameis Winston. Figured, especially after that last preseason outing, he seems to make the better, more accurate throws. Is a natural quarterback. Won the Heisman playing quarterback for Florida State. His rookie year led them to a national championship. His rookie year, of course, has had a tumultuous uh, season uh, so far in the NFL to start his career uh, with Tampa Bay. But hopefully he can reignite that career this year with the Saints. 
and I believe will give them a better chance to win for Taysom Hill. Of course, you can use Taysom Hill, uh, but Jameis Winston, you know, is a born and bred quarterback, whereas Taysom Hill is not. Jameis Winston is also younger uh, than Taysom Hill, and I think will fit into this system that Sean Payton is sort of evolving into. Then more preseason, the NFL Network game on tomorrow is the Chargers and Seahawks. Again, don't expect a lot of players to start from either teams. Same along with the Rams and Broncos. Rams who haven't played anybody of this preseason game. Hopefully it works out for them this season. Then Sunday, you have the Jaguars and Cowboys. Last time to see Trevor Lawrence, he officially got the nod. But both teams have not been good in the preseason so far. Of course, we haven't seen Dak Prescott for the Cowboys. His uh, mysterious shoulder injury, what will happen there You know, before week one when he opens on Thursday night. Uh, but I don't know if I would play Trevor Lawrence tomorrow or this weekend if you plan on starting him uh, because with the way this offensive line looks and this team looks as a whole, uh, there's not a lot of protection there for Trevor Lawrence. Dolphins and Bengals, uh, we could see uh, the Tua versus Joe Burrow. Two years ago, it was Tua versus Joe Burrow at LSU in Alabama, where Joe Burrow got the better of him. Yes, this game doesn't have the hype or uh, around it because it is a preseason game, but I do think seeing Joe Burrow and Tua would be amazing to watch. Joe Burrow is back fully healthy. Raiders 49ers uh, head coach Kyle Shanahan says he has a good idea who the starter is, even though it's not been named. I think it's Jimmy Garoppolo. They're paying him all this money. Of course it's going to be Jimmy Garoppolo. But I think it is close, especially after last week. And if Trey Lance gets you know most of the reps this Sunday against the Raiders on television again, NFL Network, he can make a really good lasting impression right there when Jimmy Garoppolo struggles. To me, it's not if Jimmy Garoppolo struggles. It's going to be when. Because he's going to struggle this season. Uh, he struggled in every season. Uh, sometimes his accuracy, ability uh, to make plays down the field, notably. Uh, so if Trey Lance can make a good impression now, this Sunday, so then when Jimmy Garoppolo struggles, that last thing Kyle Shanahan saw was how good Kyle Trey Lance, my number three overall pick, looked in the last couple preseason games. So then it's easy to yank Jimmy out of there, make Jimmy sweat, and I think that quarterback competition is very good and very healthy for both of these teams. Then the Patriots and Giants, no Sony Michelle. Uh, so I think you'll get a good look at this running back core and really materialize who is going to get the bulk of the snaps. Ramondre Stevenson so far has been a star, but knowing Bill Belichick, will he play him in the uh, regular season like he has so far in the preseason? I think uh, Stevenson can be a breakout player. Giants, to me, still have things uh, to work on as well. You know, I wish... Uh, the Giants, well, I think they have a good, talented team. But so far, their preseason results have not been, to me, great at all. Both games that they played, uh, so that'll be an interesting development uh, to see 
moving forward a team that I think can compete with the Cowboys in the NFC East. Then the final preseason game of the year is the Browns and Falcons on NBC. Again, I think the Browns will win this game because uh, the Browns just have great depth. It's shown in the preseason uh, so far. Atlanta still has to figure uh, some things out, uh, especially with A.J. McCarron out there, who's going to be their backup now. Uh, their defense doesn't look good so far in the preseason. Again, things that I've expected from certain teams, I have definitely seen so far in the preseason. But that's it. That is the final week of preseason coming at you. Get our last look at some players. Quote could be for the final time if you're cut or before we see them again in September. Now, moving on to fantasy football. Let's say you're in a draft you've already drafted. Could this list give you regrets? Sure, it could. But if you haven't drafted yet, this will be the perfect place for you uh, to see who you should draft. So, my fantasy football picks. Usually, you know, I start at the bottom, uh, number 10 to number 1, or number 5 to number 1. But this time, I am starting at number 1, because that is how a draft works. You start at number 1, then make your way down. So let's say you have the first overall pick in your fantasy draft. A huge uh, decision uh, to make. Who do I choose? Uh, who do I want? I mean, who's going to be the best for me moving forward? I don't have a pick until later. What do I do? Of course, this is a huge decision because the friends or family in your league, this is something they then look at and then count out to you the rest of the season and say, hey, you know, look at you. You really uh, didn't do uh, anything so far, you know, this year that has inspired confidence. Look at who you drafted. So right now, the number one player, you know, in the boards so far has been Christian McCaffrey, that's who you're saying you should pick it first. But I'm not buying it. I'm not buying the Christian McCaffrey train. Last year, you probably got burned picking Christian McCaffrey last year, number one. And he only played three games and ended up with 90 fantasy points last year. We're projecting him to get 334 this season. But I'm saying you should not draft him. Why? Well, because he is sort of uh, dealt with that injury last year. Ankles, to me, they never go away. Uh, And his high usage rate as well with that team. Yes, I think it'll be less this season. But the Panthers go as Christian McCaffrey goes. So I would not pick him first if I had the first overall pick. So who would I pick if I had the first overall pick? I would pick Alvin Kamara. Yes, was great last year at Fantasy. 378 points. One of the best players last year. And he was so well because he is used in both the rushing and passing game. So sometimes you just get so many points because he rushes for 1,000 yards and then receives for 1,000 yards. So you get... So many points, the touchdowns as well 
that he had led the league last year in touchdowns. Do I expect him to have this monstrous campaign again? No, I don't. I think the teams will dial a little bit more into Kamara. But as we've seen last year, you just can't really stop Kamara. He is so elusive, so fast. So if I had the number one pick, I would pick Kamara uh, because I don't trust McCaffrey. Back-to-back, two years in a row should be the number one pick. That's not something I like. I'd pick him number two, though, uh, because he is projected to get the most fantasy points of this season at 334. Again, as I said, injury-plagued. They have, you know, a really, you know, better system around him so where he doesn't need to get used as more. Uh, But I do think Sam Darnold being the quarterback that he is, dumping the ball off, who is he dumping the ball off to? Christian McCaffrey. He's going to look for Christian McCaffrey to make plays. I think he's going to get a lot of touches, a lot of screens. So again, all those points add up. So I like Christian McCaffrey at two if he already wasn't picked at number one. Number three, who do I like? Derek Henry in ESPN ranks is you know number five in projections at 286 points. Last year had 333. And I expect the same year from Derrick Henry. Uh, I know they acquired Julio Jones last year, uh, but or this past offseason, but there is no stopping Derrick Henry. There just isn't. The, his usage rate over 300 attempts, I think he'll still get that. Again, more 300 attempts. I think he could have another you know, high 1,800 to 2,000-yard line and, again, lead the league in rushing touchdowns because when it gets to the goal line, you know, you don't really get too creative down there. You trust Derrick Henry to get one yard. So I think, again, he's going to have a high touchdown volume this year. Number four, Dalvin Cook. Again, this is a player who is really good, top three running back, but hasn't played really a 16-game season at all. Last year was really good, 337 fantasy points. Is projected to get 304. And with this offense, you know, really remaining the same, I expect him uh, to get maybe the same amount, if not less points uh, this year. Uh, Dalvin Cook, to me, again, is a monster running back uh, who has a lot of touches as well. And I think the only thing is kind of those goal line opportunities that he doesn't get like the Derrick Henrys get. Uh, You know, they have Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen. But I definitely think Dalvin Cook is still a good running back uh, to pick up. And you might be thinking, hey, you know, the first four people are running backs. And yes, you want to capitalize on these running backs in a PPR league uh, because they are used so much, and you really have a few great running backs compared to the plethora of wide receivers, quarterbacks you can have, and just how the point system works as well, uh, rushing and receiving yards. That is huge for running backs. And that trend continues at number five, too, with Saquon Barkley drafting him. Supposed to go number three, but I know he's fully healed from his ACL injury, but last year, another one where players got burned week one, 15 points, and then towards ACL, and you're done. Usually when that happens, you just have a bad taste in your mouth. I don't want to draft this player 
again, but I think Saquon's going to have a bounce back here. Yes, this offensive line is uninspiring, but I do think that uh, this year adding Kenny Galladay and more weapons uh, as well, and Saquon Barkley being both a great north-south running back, but also can catch out of a backfield just to make plays even line up a little bit at a wide receiver and make those same plays. Uh, he is an athletic freak. Oh, will get his share of the offense, and I think he will have a breakout fantasy year. Uh, I'm high on Saquon this season because I don't think he'll have an injury problem this year, but you just never know after the year that happened last year. So those are my top five so far. Number six is my first non-running back taken off the board, and that is Travis Kelsey, tight end for the Chiefs. You really only have three good tight ends in this league, Travis Kelsey, Darren Waller, and George Kittle, who are reliable, and none is more reliable in fantasy than Travis Kelsey. Travis Kelsey broke the tight end receiving record last year, Finished with 312 fantasy points. Do I expect him to break that record again this year? No, I don't. But again, he is Mahomes' safety valve. He is, everything's broken down. Who do I throw uh, the ball to to just pick up some yards? That's Travis Kelsey. I think he'll still get a ton of targets this year. ton of receptions, which is great in a PPR league. Is a red zone threat as well. So, Travis Kelsey is the one I trust because I need a good tight end in the league. And since they are so far and few between, why not pick the best one in the first round and disrupt a lot of other people's fantasy plans? Number seven, the first wide receiver taken off the board, and that is Devontae Adams, the best wide receiver in the NFL. Last year had 358 points. Still missed a couple of games racking that up. And the reason he's so high is because he is by far, not only because he's by far the best wide receiver in football, but he's also really by far the best wide receiver on his team. I mean, him compared to, you know, the Randall Cobbs, uh, Devin Funches on his team, Aaron Rodgers throws him, targets him so high consistently. Devontae Adams having such a low a drop rate, high touchdown usage as well. Do I think he'll get 18 touchdowns like he did last year? No, I don't. But I do think Devontae will have another monster season. I think he'll be great. Again, high in targets. And that value at number seven uh, is great for him. Number eight. Now this gets unconventional because after those running backs that I named and those uh, tight end and wide receiver you can go anywhere at this point you really have a plethora of running backs uh, to choose from you know do I go the Zeke route do I trust him Jonathan Taylor Eckler Aaron Jones Nick Chubb and I say the one I trust the most is Nick Chubb now I know what you're saying he splits the backfield with uh, Kareem Hunt Kareem Hunt gets a lot of touches and yes that's true but uh, but Nick Chubb, you know, is the one that will get, and I will get more touchdowns than Kareem Hunt. He's a bigger back, a bruising back. He'll be in the goal line. So if he gets, you know, 1,200 yards, 12 touchdowns, you're looking at 270 fantasy points 
right there. He'll add a little in reception, but he is their lead back. Don't make any mistake about it. It's not Kareem Hunt. They have the best offensive line in football. Nick Chubb flows this offense, which helps Baker Mayfield then open up the play-action pass. So, yeah, I'm high on Nick Chubb You know, over these other ones like Austin Eckler, where Justin Herbert's a man, uh, Aaron Jones, uh, where Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams stand alone, and Ezekiel Elliott, where they have one of the best wide receiver cores. And I'm a little shaky on Ezekiel Elliott concerning his past couple of seasons. So now you have that running back. What do I go to now? Well, I'm going to tell you to go to another wide receiver if you're sitting there at number nine. Why? Because he is king fantasy. That's really what he is. He is, you know, the fantasy wide receiver right there. Last year, 328 points. And that's because he is, you know, the chief's secret weapon, the big play where He'll have a catch, 75 yards, touchdown right there. He's the big play machine, which sometimes you get weary of because it can be, you know, that boom or boost or that boom, boom or bust where, you know, if he doesn't get touchdowns and it's four receptions for 40 yards, you're like, oh, crap, that's eight points. Whereas the next week, you know, it's, you know, five receptions for 125 yards and two touchdowns. And so that's, you know, I get that. But Tyreek Hill has been so trusty in this offense. He's so fast that they design plays to get him the ball, whether it's a jet sweep or something like that, because he is such a mismatch nightmare, too. And then number 10, you know, you're going back on, you know, should I get one of those running backs I mentioned or even Najee Harris? But I think the more reliable one is Stefan Diggs. Had a monster fantasy season last year. 328 points, led the league in receptions and yards. And when I look at that, especially in a PPR league, that's something I want, points per reception. If the guy had the most receptions and targets last year, I'm drafting that guy. And when I look at the Bills, to me, they're going to run the exact same offense, maybe uh, throw in a little bit more run. But Stephon Diggs and Josh Allen connection is second to Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams. So Stephon Diggs is going to get targeted a lot. He's going to have a ton of receptions, ton of receiving yards, touchdowns as well. So I expect another huge fantasy season from Stephon Diggs and is a player that I would want on my team. So those are my top 10. Again, going the number 1 to number 10 are Alvin Kamara, Christian McCaffrey, Derrick Henry, Dalvin Cook, Saquon Barkley, Travis Kelsey, Devontae Adams, Nick Chubb, Tyreek Hill, and Stefan Diggs. That is my personal fantasy rankings. Now, moving to college football. This is the first weekend of college football tomorrow. 10 o'clock a.m. on Fox, you have Nebraska and Illinois. Already a Big Ten conference game. Brett Belima is making his Illinois debut. Lovey Smith gone. Belima out from Arkansas. And now he is there in Illinois facing uh, Scott Frost and the Nebraska Cornhuskers. Which to me, do I think this game will have, you know, Big Ten West or 
East, I mean, yeah, Big uh, Big Ten West uh, or East uh, problems or not problems, uh, you know, implications. No, I don't. But I do think it is huge because Scott Frost, to me, is on the hot seat for Nebraska already. Was great at UFC. Hasn't been great so far in Nebraska. Belima, you know, I think, you know, he has a few quality ones a year for every team. Used to be the coach over there at Wisconsin. I think he'll steal a couple wins. I would look out for this Illinois team. I know Nebraska is a seven-point favorite, but don't be surprised if Illinois makes this close or even upsets them. I think this will be a much closer game than experts predict, and I like Illinois actually sneaking out a win here this weekend. Then you've got UConn and Fresno State. No implications there. Both teams will not be in any playoff situations. Then you have Hawaii and UCLA on at 12.30 on ESPN. And if this was in Hawaii, I would say, hey, watch out UCLA. But it's in UCLA. Chip Kelly hasn't been good over non-conference teams since he's taken over UCLA. I think Chip Kelly needs to make a statement here. I think it needs to be a big win for them. You know, they're 17.5-point favorites. I would like for them to cover that, win by three touchdowns in this game, and, you know, really make a statement that, hey, the Pac-12 South, you know, Chip Kelly's back, you know, a coach that was close to winning a national championship in Oregon, uh, had a decent team in the NFL. So what kind of Chip Kelly are we going to expect this season? Then you have UTEP in New Mexico State, which isn't much of in southern Utah and San Jose State. So not a star-studded lineup by any means for college football, if you're just a college football lover like me and you're just happy that it's back, then you know that Nebraska-Illinois game especially might pique your interest in if you're a Big Ten fan as well. Again, like me, I'm a Michigan man. I want to see how potential opponents that Michigan plays look this season. So we'll get a little dose of college football before it officially, you know, the big games are on next Thursday, Friday, and then Saturday night. But it's back. College football is officially back now. 10 o'clock tomorrow is the time. Then there was a trade in the NBA. You know, can't escape the NBA news just like that. What was the trade? It was a three-way trade between the Chicago Bulls, the Portland Trailblazers, and the Cleveland Cavs. Cavs received... A power forward and star, Alari Markkanen from the Bulls. The Bulls receive Derek Jones Jr., protected 2022 first-round pick from Portland, and a 2023 second-round pick from the Cavs. And then the Portland Trailblazers receive Larry Nance Jr. from the Cavs. How do I grade this deal? How do I like it? Well, I think for the Bulls, this is excellent. For them, why? Well, they got rid of Larry Markkinen, who was unhappy with the Bulls, who actually requested a trade. So it's a win for both of them. Uh, Larry Markkinen leaves and can go on a different team now. Uh, the Bulls then get Derek Jones Jr., who is a decent role player, a 2022 first-round pick from Portland, and a 2023 second-round pick. So I think this is a great swap that the Bulls made and kind of sets them up 
uh, for a great team chemistry. Uh, this is a young team with Zach Levine, with Lonzo Ball, uh, that, you know, getting a guy like Larry Markinen, who could be a bad uh, chemistry teammate there, out of the way. The Cavs receive Larry Markinen. I think it's great for the Cavs because then they get rid of Larry Nance Jr., who play the same position. But Larry Markinen is much more of a force offensively, which the Cavs need, even though I don't expect the Cavs to be great this offseason. And then the Blazers receive Larry Nance Jr., which I think is great defensively. Do I think it helps Damian Lillard stay? No. And I think giving up a 2022 first-round pick is a bit much. So again, these all point to signs of Damian Lillard just wanting out. I don't see him being happy here anymore. To me, it's just a matter of time uh, before he's gone. Uh, it's sad that it's come to this, and the Portland Trailblazers are treating their star like this and not getting him any help. Because if Larry Nance Jr. is, you know, the best uh, that you can do, then uh, I really do feel sorry for Damian Lillard. So for the Cavs, for just receiving Markinen and just giving up a 2023 second round pick, you know, I give them an A. I think why not make that trade when it's a first round pick? The Bulls, you know, I give them an A too because they receive a first round pick a decent role player, and a second-round pick. The Blazers, a C. Got Larry Nance Jr., but had to give up a first. Definitely strange, strange times there in Portland. Don't like this. I hope the the Blazers fans are not too jazzed about this. Now moving to the NHL. What happened there? Well, there was two major re-signings. Uh, same amount of years, same amount of money. Who are the players? Well, the first one is the Carolina Hurricanes and Andrei Smeshnikov agree to an eight-year, $62 million contract. Great deal that they locked him up, who is their great offensive uh, forward, number two overall draft pick in 2018. Uh, still a young player, a physical presence, but then he can also score goals as well. 15 goals, 27 assists uh, last year as well. Was good in the playoff game or playoff series against Nashville. Uh, has known, you know, for that iconic lacrosse-style goal. So I think a young player like this is great for Carolina uh, to lock up. Again, I think more is needed than just Sneshnikov to get them going. But you have to lock up your star player and Andre, and they did just that. Then the same contract length was handed out to Philadelphia Flyers center Sean Couturier, eight-year, $62 million extension. Again, no-brainer. Their number one center as well. Uh, great two-way player. One Veselke is the league's best defensive forward. Uh, 18 goals, 23 assists last season. Again, plays a 200-foot game. Uh, just as good as anybody else, if not better than most. Uh, so securing him for his both offensive and defensive prowess uh, will pay dividends uh, for the Flyers in a tumultuous season they had last year where it was really goaltending. Uh, the problem definitely was not Sean, and it's great that they got him locked up. Now moving on to the MLB. 
you have a couple of big games on tonight for VMLB. First, you have the Padres and Angels. Now, this is more big to the Padres because they just got swept uh, to the Dodgers. But again, this is a big matchup because you have NL MVP favorite Fernando Tatis going up against AL MVP favorite Shohei Otani. Tatis leading his team in the NL with 35 home runs. Shohei doing the same in the AL with 41 home runs. Fernando Tatis, a best in slugging and OPS. Second is Shohei Otani. So you're really getting the MVP watch right here for San Diego and the Angels. A pitching has not been great for either of these teams uh, lately. So I think you could see a lot of runs in this game, and it's going to be the offense that has to carry the bulk of a load. Well, San Diego hasn't been good offensively, but they have to wake up now is they are out of the playoffs currently. A win here would be huge doing it against an in-state team like the Los Angeles Angels. Then you have the Yankees in the A's, and the A's are slipping what once was the first team in the wild card spot are now two and a half games back of the second wild card spot. Big game tonight for Oakland. Yesterday, the Yankees just pulled it off. We're up 6-0 to zero and then let Oakland come back and tie it up 6-6 to six before Judge's clutch RBI in the ninth inning to make it 7-6, to six and then they win the game. Big game tonight again for the Yankees and Oakland as Oakland is trying to get a wild card spot. Yankees are in the wild card but are trying to catch up to division leader Tampa Bay. Garrett Cole on the mound tonight. Big game for the Yankees Winners of 12 in a row. They have just been on a tear lately. Uh, to me, more offensively, you know, than perhaps great pitching. I believe their bullpen has helped out a little bit more than they have, you know, before the All-Star break. They've been a little better. Uh, Tyone last night was a disaster. I really don't have confidence in a lot of their starting pitchers, but they have quite a few on the IL, IL Corey Kluber, Luis Severino, uh, Herman, who knows when they will come back. But when they do, it will make this Yankees rotation even better. But again, another big game for the Yankees and the A's tonight. You also have a big game against you know two division leaders in the NL, the Giants and the Braves going at it. So knowing that, who are my top five teams in MLB right now? Number five, to me, was the toughest one to choose from. And I will tell you who the options were right now for number five. It was between the New York Yankees and the Houston Astros. They have an identical record. Uh, Of course, I hate the Astros. I'm a Yankees fan. I don't want to see the Astros. But I just did, you know, an analysis in my head. And I thought if those two were to play a one game to just break the tie right there, I believe the Astros would win that game. Astros just have the Yankees number in big moments. Uh, What else do the Astros have that why they're number five? Well, they have the most runs scored in baseball so far. This team offensively can hit you out of the park all the way spots one through nine as well, and they got an added boost. Uh, Alex Bregman 
is returning. Your star third baseman is coming back to complete this already great offensive lineup. And now that he's back, uh, the rest of the AL should get put on notice. Because uh, when he returns to his form, it's going to be very scary. Number four, the Milwaukee Brewers have been on a little bit of a tear lately. They've won seven out of their last ten games. Mostly mostly healthy as well, which factors into it in the easier division. But, you know, playing this many games and being, you know, this good, you know, the 75, 76 wins is really noticeable. Number three, the Tampa Bay Rays. Again, a team that I thought would take a step back without their ace, Tyler Glasnow. No Blake Snell, who they traded this past offseason. But nope, offensively, really good. Randy Arozarena uh, is great. Uh, Meadows is great. This offense is really good. They're on a four-game winning streak. They have won eight of their last ten games, uh, still leading this AL East division uh, with a comfortable you know, four-game spot so far on the Yankees. Uh, and they are keeping pace with the rest of the teams and are one of the best teams in baseball, to me, in the top upper tier. Number two, the Los Angeles Dodgers. Why? Well, they have the best run differential in baseball uh, by far now. That's how good they are, both offensively and defensively. Defensively, they're the best. They allow the least amount of runs in the game. Uh, And not only that, but they're on a three-game winning streak where they just swept. The Padres have won nine out of their last ten games. And, oh, just got Mookie Betts back as well. So, there you go. The lineup is complete. They're all healthy now. Mookie Betts, Max Max Muncie, Cody Bellinger, Trey Turner, Corey Seager, Max Scherzer, Walker Bueller. I mean, watch out. They are back. Death Star could be fully operational right now. However, they're still not number one. That is a team just keeping pace above them. The San Francisco Giants. Why? On a five-game winning streak themselves, they've won eight of the last ten. Their stars have been great. Belt, Crawford, Posey. The addition of Chris Bryant has proven invaluable. Their rotation and pitching has been tremendous this year. So that is why they have kept above the Dodgers that experience as well. And who knows... This number one seed race between the Dodgers and Giants could go down to the wire. So those are my top five teams in baseball right now. The Houston Astros, the Milwaukee Brewers, the Tampa Bay Rays, the Los Angeles Dodgers, and the San Francisco Giants. That's it for baseball. Just a couple other things of note is the BMW Championship I was going to pick John Rahm to win it before uh, it started. I wanted to pick it Wednesday, and I forgot. Uh, I don't know if I should still pick with that. DeChambeau had a monster day today. Bryson DeChambeau shot a 60. Is the clubhouse leader at minus 16. Number one, Patrick Cantley there at two. Rahm is tied for fourth at minus 11. Who knows? McElroy stayed about the same. But I think even if John Rahm stays within, you know, the top five this week, still has a great chance of winning 
you know, the playoffs like I predicted earlier next week because next week is a final event. And who knows, Rom still has, you know, quite a few holes uh, to go. Still has a back nine, so he could still uh, put some pressure on this weekend against DeChambeau. But it should be fun to watch and exciting. Who knows who will win. And then the other big news is Manchester United and Cristiano Ronaldo have reached an agreement. Ronaldo, the prodigal son, has returned to Manchester United where he started his career. They are welcoming him back. Uh, In his first uh, go-around with Manchester United, scored 118 goals in 292 games. Uh, Second most goals he scored for a team, first being Real Madrid, second Manchester United, has appeared in many games there. Ronaldo, a top five player, I think, ever in the game of soccer. A five-time Bayonne Dior winner, five Champion League titles, four FIFA club, World Cup titles, seven league titles. I mean, he has just been a tremendous ball striker, is an offensive force, and now he is back with Manchester United. Can you believe that? I thought a bid was going to be done with Manchester City. It looked like it was going to be locked in. But they pulled out, allowed Manchester United to come in. And I hope Manchester City does not regret this happening, that they let Ronaldo slip to them, you know, to their enemy in Manchester United. Ronaldo did not want to return with Juventus, didn't train with them uh, the past few days knowing that that was it there with Juventus. So Cristiano Ronaldo is back with his old team, Manchester United. I bet they're excited. The Premier League gets a boost now with him back. And who knows what happens in the Champions Cup if they play, could face Messi, a lot could happen. Then also Kylian Mbappe for PSG could be on the move to Real Madrid soon very well, uh, being he doesn't want to be there and PSG will not renew his deal or sign an extension. Who knows? Not me. But if I do, I will update you all. Until then, goodbye everybody. I hope you have a great weekend. Hope your fantasy draft turns out great. I'll talk to you guys soon. Bye everybody.